All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the third unofficial Make It So podcast. I am Rossman, faithful reader on the forums. I'm Nathan Miracle, gooey chewy. And it looks like we've got a, a whole lot of stuff going on right now with Make It So. There's a Indeed new, we do. There's a new challenge, there's teams, those teams are going to be constantly changing. Which is something I really like because you don't get stuck with one bad person to bring down a team. Right. We we, we discussed during the pre-show that um, you know, if if there's someone that does great when they're on different teams, and there's someone that does poorly no matter what team they're on, you know, this is really going to separate those really awesome designers from the less awesome ones. Yep. That and sometimes. Even if you've got people who are good at designing, they may just not mesh well with certain people. So uh, I, I do like the fact that everybody's going to have a chance to work with everybody. And it looks like everyone's going to work with everyone at least once. Right. And th- this first challenge, it's its a real doozy. It is. Uh, they have to make six cards one of which has to be a reactor core card, uh, which means that it has to relate to Deep Space Nine, uh, but for some added wrinkles, it has to work in complete and not necessarily in block. Right. And, you know, lo- looking on the message boards, you'd, you'd figure that no, no one really wants to talk about this challenge all that much, which is surprising. And, you know, it's... It's either that, you know, they don't want to contaminate the results for the players or they just want to see what the contestants come up with. Yeah, I think there's a whole lot of room to come up with something for this. Um, Me personally, if I were in the challenge, I would try to avoid anything that I think might already be on the design files. Right. So probably not Dominion, not Maquis. And based on what's in the supplemental, not Ferengi. Right. But well, I'd say anything else is fair game. Well, the, the thing that um, I was considering the other day, not, not specifically relating to this challenge, but just, you know, in the chat room bouncing ideas around, we were thinking specifically of the Dorvin 5 personnel, the Native Americans that were Journey's End pre-Maki-Maki pretty much. And I just thought it'd be cool if there was a Warp Core card depicting them working with the Cardassians, you know, going with the TNG, and also a Reactor Core card depicting them working with the Maquis. You know, working with the Cardassians doesn't work. Go with the Maquis. So just, you know, some good core personnel, and then you could go with whatever faction you wanted, depending on the depending on your play engine, so to speak. Right, but with uh, with this challenge, it does have to be a reactor core one, and the Dorvid Five storyline was in the next generation. Right. Uh, so that would be something you might be able to work around. Um, there's nothing to say that you can't add the DS9 icon to people in some way. Um, well, I, with, I I was specifically I would, thinking the other day about the. Um, uh, on the boards, there was a post about how the Deep Space Nine TOS icon folks were kind of funky, you know, with having two icons from two different 
properties, so to speak. Right, and I I thought that, you know, that that is a pretty decent target for this challenge, just because there's already, like, ten personnel in the game that do that already, and you can easily add some more. It's a fairly limited subset. Right. The the weird one of that is uh, Captain Kirk himself actually has the DS9 logo. Right. Despite not having anything to do with Deep Space Nine, ever. Right, well, remember, they, they got that picture for the previews before they actually got the approvals for the actual series proper. And then uh, when they... That's, I always wondered about that. Well, not, not just that, but the interesting thing is the two ships, the Enterprise and the Klingon Battlecruiser, they both have the Deep Space Nine logo just because they have better special effects in Deep Space Nine. And bo- both of those ships are able to download a Federation and a Klingon original series personnel. And you do have uh, Worf as a non-aligned DS9 TOS personnel. Right, it, it is spelled out Klingon, it's not the affiliation icon, so... So, yeah. Um, that's certainly something that you could use uh, and do the... Temporal mechanics, uh, Loxy and Dolmer, and go that route. Right. Yeah, that, that's another thing that's kind of being discussed on the boards, too. So, now, if you did that, uh, I guess then you would have the uh, TOS uh, DS9 people be the free place? Right, and then just have the... DS9, TOS, alternate universe people be more of the support. Okay, so have the non-AU1s be free. Right. Actually, you might want to have those cost regular because remember that all those guys are mains anyway, so you'll probably want to just stock them in your deck. It's, it's these other random people that you might need an extra incentive to... Play, which is kind of what what I think this challenge is all about, you know, bringing to four those groups that are, you know, you really wouldn't think of naturally, but then if there's this extra incentive to do so, you'd probably think twice about stocking them in your deck. Like some people you might not normally take. That, that is one thing, but I think you do have to be concerned, too, with star power. Um, I want to be able to play a deck where I'm using people like... Cisco or Gold Ducat or uh, Kai Opaka, somebody important for whichever affiliation that I happen to be running. So if I make something that just gives my bonus to people who aren't main characters, it, it might be good gameplay, but I might not actually be interested. Right. Well, that I know Charlie's mentioned Federation Creep several times. But in, in this challenge, that, that's actually not too much of a bad thing. Um, J- just because with the affiliation attack restrictions, I mean, you've we, we've both seen games where, you know, one thing leads to another and suddenly you've got all these ships out for free start of the game. But if there's a Federation true. personnel there and they're awesome and you're going to stock them in your deck, it's going to be harder for you to battle. That's true. I think the the Federation creep is really a challenge on missions, 
but I think the the splitting of Federation into the different shows, having TOS, having the TNG and DS9 icons now, and then having Voyager by nature of being in the Delta Quadrant be separate, they can really help to avoid that creep because they can give something to one section of the Federation and not all of them. Right. So we just have this one little area of crossover of having both the DS9 icon and the TOS icon. Well, there, there's also crossover with the TNG icon and the classic films icon with Generations, but that, that's something we can worry about in another block challenge. Right, yeah, that that's not going to affect anything in this challenge. And there's there's kind of two routes to go with this. There's the help out an affiliation route, you know, like, I miss this office, helps out the Cardassians, here by invitation is the treaty. But there's also all these fun little random crappy episodes that we get some really nice cards out of. That's true. So you could easily pick something like Romulans or Klingons who had a major role in Deep Space Nine and just give them something similar to here by invitation or I miss this office. Uh, or you could go with the storyline. Uh, one storyline I've really like to see is the Tal Shiar Obsidian Order team up. Right. Uh, go with the intelligence angle and destroying the Dominion. And give them a reason to go into the Gamma Quadrant. Right. That, that's really something that was covered pretty well in the show and be, beyond the treaty, it hasn't really been covered in the game. Right. Um, of course, the catch with that is there's quite a few Tal Shiar and Obsidian Order personnel in the game already. So if you do that, you don't really need to make any more of them, especially with uh, the, the big names. There's already an Elam Garrick and an Anabran Tain and Lovak, and you know, those guys are already in the game. It doesn't need many personnel to support it. Right. So well, in that you... case, you might, you might actually be challenged to get five cards that you need to support it. Right. Well, that one thing I'll really be looking forward to in this challenge is how well do these five other cards support the Reactor Core card as opposed to just being awesome cards in their own right. Right. And there, there's, I think there's something to be said both ways on that. If you want to use some, want to do something that this is good, but better or cooler with the reactor core versus you're really only going to use this if you're using the reactor core. Right. Which I think both of those are, are valid. It's just, how do you want to approach that? Right. Well, that, that was one of the things that I really liked about followers of the one that that was the one that worked on the freed Borg from descent part one and part two that, you know, they're, they're non-aligned Borg, they don't have staffing icons, they have this specific ship that pretty much only they can staff. So it, right. it really, they, they really are not all that great unless you have followers of the one out. Right. Um, you, you could use them for just their skills and attributes, but if you do that and you don't have followers of the one, you're basically 
playing somebody who doesn't have a staffing icon. Right. Which is often bad. Yes. And then um, go- going back to what you said about the um, Klingons and Romulans, the the car we do have an emissary for the Klingons, Gok-Tek Or, doesn't have a reactor core. Yeah, and it's also very limited use. Um, I, I'm guessing the reason it doesn't have a reactor core card is it's not really uh, limited to DS9. It gets Lursa and Bator as well. Right. Um, so it's... Um, Right, it, it 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 has uses outside the outside the DS nine environment. Right, even within block, uh, you can get both Lursa and Betor, the the Genesis versions. Right. Um, of course, they download each other, so it's less useful than it could be. But um, but it is useful outside of DS nine. Right. Well, actually, the the Romulans and Klingons gained a lot of prominence towards the later seasons of Deep Space Nine. And, you know, the the block so far seems to be focusing on the early seasons. So, you know, that, that final arc with the Klingons, you know, I, I don't think we have all that many Deep Space Nine wharfs. You know, I, I don't really think we have a Klingon wharf in Deep Space Nine logo. We don't even, I don't even, oh yeah, well there's the Garon with the Deep Space Nine logo in Holodeck Adventures. But that, that whole arc. Oh, let's see. Yeah, I know there's the the Trials and Tribulations Wharf. And there's Regent Wharf, who isn't technically Wharf. Right. Um, but it brings up a whole nother possibility in doing a reactor core card for mirror universe personnel. Um, outside of Regent Wharf... Yeah, uh, do champs, who, who is the Hollow Deck Adventures one? Right. Uh, the only other DS Nine Wharf, the only other Wharf that would be DS Nine, is Wharf the Strongest Heart, who has no, uh, no, property logo because he's a backwards compatible card. Right. Well, that, that was another thing that we discussed on the pre-show, um, backwards compatibility. I, I, I know that we're planning on doing, I know, I know that we both have some money in the bank, that there's going to be an entire challenge based on backwards compatibility, but you know, th- this does seem like a pretty good chance to knock some backwards compatible cards into the edition. Absolutely. Um, I've, I've worked up a few dream cards, uh, and... In both of the sets that I've made, I've had it one backwards compatible uh, conversion. Both of them ships, actually. Oh. Uh, one was for Section 31. Uh, there is not a, a 1E only version of the Bellerophon. Right. Uh, and then for the Talshiar Obsidian Order team up, there's not a 1E version of the Sorola. Or not a one only version of the Sorola. So, right. Um, so those those are some big targets that could be converted, uh, and I'm sure that pretty much any other uh, Raptor core card that you come up with, 
you could find something that could support it that could be converted. Right. I mean, considering there's, <laughs> you know, th this game's been going on for 20 years, and more than half of that's been with these backwards compatible cards, so sh shouldn't be too hard to find at least something that would work. Yeah, a personnel or a ship, or even if you're going for something that's from a specific episode or two, then you could use the awesome, where's that picture from? on the search to yes. find uh, backwards compatible cards that are from that episode. Yeah, well, the, the, the really amazing thing is people may not play 2E all that much, may not know, but 2E, to fill out their non-aligned slots, especially with the earlier sets, they had a lot of personnel from s similar episodes. Like, one of them had people from the Masterpiece Society just fill up those slots. I think there was one that had Cassidy Yates' crew filling out some of those spaces. So there, that may not be a bad spot to look at if you're looking for inspiration. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's true because uh, in Nationals the other weekend, I came in third. <laughs> uh, I was playing a Romulan Strength deck and I didn't intend for this to happen, but I realized uh, after I built the deck that a lot of my non-aligns were from the episode with Reva. And they were the same species, even though I hadn't really planned for that. They were from both from uh, the first set. Right. Well, we, we, we also talked during the pre-show about how Nationals... The, the Nationals were actually sealed for 1E. And you mentioned that there weren't really a lot of Deep Space Nine play. Oh, um, there, there were... It wasn't sealed, it was block. Right. Well, block. Right. But yeah. you, you mentioned that there wasn't a whole lot of Deep Space Nine represented. And I, I was I was looking at the deck list, and I didn't really see a whole lot there either. Yeah, there were two of us at Nationals. Um both playing Cardassians. Um, that was it. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, outside of that, everything was TNG. But um, did, didn't pretty much everyone bring sights with them on the occasion that their opponent did Hevenor? Um, actually, well, yes. Mo most of them did. Uh, as a matter of fact, that helped me win one game. Oh, because I was not running ops, so that if my opponent didn't bring ops, they couldn't take the station from me. And one of my opponents brought ops. I didn't think about the fact that the personnel who can play to those sites have to be the right classification, and you can't use skills that are in the skill box. Oh. So I had several officers that I couldn't play for free, except my opponent kindly gave me ops. Yes. <laughs> I start replaying guys here. Um, so that, that actually helped me in one game, but it also caused me to lose my first game uh, when my opponent was playing illegitimate leader of the Empire and went first and just took over the station on turn one. Yeah, because I, 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 know, I know that when Charlie was talking about the state of the game address the other week, 
he he was mentioning that it's kind of taking a while for emissary to really permeate itself into the gameplay. So this this might be another up another thing for designers to take advantage of. That a lot of people are stocking sites. So you can have your reactor core card deal with sites even if it doesn't specifically require you to have it in the work. Right. Well, the um, the a lot of the reactor core cards they start out with uh, you can play these people here, one of them for free. You're awesome. Blah blah blah. But then there's also this other once per game part, which right sort of kicker text. Right. I mean, I I I'm I'm not sure how often I actually use that part of the text. But it's it's a nice little bonus to include for some of these cards. Yeah, and that that's one place where you can really get into the this doesn't have to be for block. Because if you look at I miss this office, um, its effect actually isn't just once per game, but it's um, if your personnel just commandeer Deep Space Nine, you can download baseball. Uh, which scores you twenty points, but Baseball isn't block legal. Right. Um, so you could definitely have something there as the, the once per game or that little additional text that specifically doesn't work in block. Right. And then remember how foreign military operations needed to be toned down from once each turn to once per game. Which is kind of with what the, all the other reactor core cards are. Play these people, do this once per game, have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah, these are the people you want to use. You get one for free every turn. They might be able to report somewhere they couldn't normally report. Like, and once per game. Like followers of the one which theoretically can allow you to report your androids in space. Um, can it? Let me check the wording on that. I didn't realize um, non-aligned androids and non-aligned Borg cars may report to planet or in orbit. Androids don't need to yeah. breathe. I'd, I'd be willing to see if I could throw one in the middle of space. Borg don't need to breathe either. You know, if you shove them out in airlock, uh, I think, if I recall correctly, Borg and androids are on the exception list for not dying when they go into space. <laughs> Uh, target is tossed out in the airlock. Borg, rogue Borg, and androids float in space until beamed. Yes! <laughs> Teach you to come try to fight me? I think Lore and Data might have enough strength to fend people off anyway, but... Details. Right. Well, I know we're kind of beyond the story challenge... But there's a lot of really cool story that they can put on these cards. Yes, I think uh, this challenge, you almost have to start with story. Then go to how do I want this to work? And then kind of go back to story in the end. Right. Yeah, what I mean by that is you have to kind of choose... Like, what overarching theme do I want to do? And then, how do I want that to work? Like, for the reactor core card itself. And then you can go back to, to doing more story-based stuff for your support cards. Right. 
So quite quite a few different ways to approach this challenge, and I, for one, can't wait to see what the contestants come up with. Me either. Uh, we already mentioned the possibility of the Tall Shire and Obsidian Order and Section 31, right. Romulan, Klingons. If any other uh, favorites that you would like to see? Well, again, I just want to stress, and I can't put too far a point on this, the crappy episodes out there in Star Trek. Come on, <laughs> Armageddon game. No, no one's going to go and say this is an awesome episode of Star Trek. You should watch this. Uh, the, these these mediocre episodes that had non-aligned people and a Federation person came. They're awesome. Use them. Um, what about the Wadi? Oh, yes. The Chula folk. Because we do have a mission now where you can play them. Right. As, as much as we were talking about using the search feature, you know, search feature and the the um, what, where's the picture from feature there's great ways to look up what cards have already been pulled to just save you a little headache with making these cards yes uh, so if you want to make a reactor core card that targets Wadi you can search for Wadi and see which ones exist already well uh, don't we already have we, I know we have Fallow and that other random chick that maybe his wife, girlfriend, spouse, sister thing in the jig. Uh, I'm pretty sure that that's it. Let's find out. Yes. <laughs> Cuz the the other thing is, you know, the, these people that only appear in one episode, do we really need 85 versions of them, especially when Fallow was the only one that actually spoke? Uh, Fellow, Elandra, and it looks like that's it. I mean, there there could be that girl from Alamoraine that drove Avery Brooks crazy. <laughs> Ooh, I wonder if the ones inside the game themselves would have the AU icon. That could be an interesting way to go. I wonder if they'd even be personnel, or if they'd be... You know, interrupts or something like that. Could be. There's nothing to say that you have to make any personnel as your sport cards. Oh, Char Charlie's giving you more than enough rope to hang yourself. The oh, only card type he specifically didn't mention in that awesome article were cue cards. <laughs> oh, I watched this episode the other day with Vash. <laughs> and... Yes. Oof. Oof. That could hurt. Yes. Well, th this is Deep Space Nine. It just has to date one Hugh episode. Exactly one. And he didn't really even do anything. The, the station was having these weird power outages, and it wasn't him. Yes. So, so as if contestants didn't need another incentive to go and pull out their extensive collection of Star Trek episodes, go ahead. It's uh, Q-less. That's the name of that one. Yes. Have fun. <laughs> 
But yeah, the there's troubles, there's tribbles, which Charlie freely admits design doesn't have any intentions on doing, but feel free if you want to, go ahead, muzzle tov. If you want to go ahead and make sure that you lose. <laughs> I, I seem to recall him saying something about wanting to make sure that they do uh, stick with modern design, and if modern design is we don't do this, I don't recommend it. Well, I, I know that in, at least, very least in second edition, Charlie says that when there's 30 cards that do X and one card that does Y, don't point out card Y. Right. That one exception does not precedent make. Right. And have you taken a look at Corbin's post on the challenge form? On the challenge thread? Uh, let me see. I'm... Uh, well, he's he's guest judging this um, challenge, and he he specifically put his criteria online for contestants to determine for how he's going to be specifically judging cards. Well, but he is only one judge. Right, he has at most twenty five percent say. So I would probably read that, but not uh, not use it as a Bible, so to speak. Right. Sorry, I'm I'm looking through uh, some of the DS9 episodes now to see if there's any others, or see what others would be interesting for reactor core cards. Right. Well, the the good news is contestants have a lot of uh, precedents to look at. You know they've they've got um, all the warp core cards and all the reactor core cards to look at as far as what you can do. You know even something like call for reinforcements that doesn't specifically help any group, but right, it is itself more of a support card. Right. Uh, I suppose if you wanted to do Ferengi, we have the magnificent Ferengi would be an excellent episode to base that on. Right. And spe- speaking of things that'll piss off Charlie Plain, uh, what, what would you think about um, allowing a card to break the limit for reshaping the quadrant? Um, but break the limit? Well, it, it, it says that if you play someone that doesn't have the Deep Space Nine icon, this card is discarded. Oh, so a card that uh, specifically doesn't discard it, even though it doesn't have the DS9 icon? Well, you know, maybe something that says, you know, going going back to the TOS idea, you may command five original series icon cards without discarding reshaping the quadrant. Hmm. That could work. Uh, another way that might work is if you had specific people that you want to let in, is make them gain the DS9 icon, even if they don't have the logo. Right. Like, uh, th- this personnel gains D Space icon if three others present. Yeah. Or even just put it on somebody. Like, have a Harry Kim from the first episode of Voyager, who's on Deep Space Nine. Right. And and just have the property logo be Voyager, but give him the DS9 icon. 
and even put D- DS9 in his lore so that he uh, can report for free there. Yes. The, the Harry Kim that got shoved in the brig with Tom Paris and just decided to stay in the Alpha Quadrant and... Well, I mean, we do have a Voyager that is Alpha Quadrant native from right. the first episode, from before they got pulled over by the, the caretaker. So it doesn't even need to be alternate universe. It's just for those five minutes that they were in the Alpha Quadrant. Right. Well, this, yeah, and there's also Birthright Part Part 1 from TNG that has TNG characters on Deep Space Nine. Right. Although um, one of the things that I love about the TNG and Deep Space Nine icons are they're never on actual nouns. So there, there's going to be a huge debate as to what side of the card those icons go on. Ooh, that's true. I'd always assumed the left side, but I have no actual reason to think that, do I? Well, that, that's where the era icons I, and the faction icons go right now. You know, your marquee, your holographic icon, your 22nd century icon. Right, but then your era icons all go on the right. Yes. Hmm. Well, fortunately, that's not something that uh, the Make It So people actually have to figure out. Well, they, they do need to make sure that whatever side it's on, there's enough room for that icon, but... Um, I think because they it goes through the card builder. Right, Utopia Planitia. Yeah, I think it's just going to add it to whichever side. Right. But, but I'm not sure that it has those icons. Hmm. No, it must, because you've got to be able to put in the game text. Right. So would you be expecting to see too many dilemmas in this challenge? Dilemmas is the one card I wouldn't really expect to see much of. That said, if somebody can do a dilemma that really connects well to the reactor core card, more power to you. I would love to see that. Well, I I know that um, the TNG sets in Block specifically had dilemmas that downloaded personnel. That's true. Um, I'd like to see something with a little more finesse than that because when it's that obvious eh, okay yeah I can go get people but I think it would be neat to see something that's that gets better if you have certain people and oh look those people can play for free with this reactor core card something like uh, Flexian Assassin it's better if you have uh, Toshiar personnel. Right. Right. A lot, a lot of really awesome possibilities, and D-Space 9 really did cover, I think, more affiliations than any other property, now that I think about it. Oh, absolutely. By far. Um, the, let's see. TOS really just had Federation, Romulan, Klingon. And even Romulans were kind of there for a couple episodes. Right. Uh, even going into the movies, you still had those. You had Khan in them, but they're all not aligned. Right. Uh, TNG had the big three, uh, plus some Cardassian and Barangi. And some Bajoran. Yeah, Bajoran's peppered in there. Yeah. But then when you get into DS9, you've got the Federation... 
the Romulans, the Klingons, way more into the Bajoran and the Cardassians, the Dominion. About the only uh, affiliations that they don't have are the Borg and then the Delta Quadrant affiliations. Right. And I'm, I'm also interested to see how well contestants make cards that are good, but not so bad that if you don't use them for this group, they're just junk cards. Uh, so cards are usable even without even without your reactor core, you mean? Right. Not, not, not awesome, but just still something you'd consider using as opposed to the only reason I'd use this is if I was using the reactor core and I'm not using the reactor core card, so... No, go, goodbye making two awesome cards. You're just throwing away six cards right right there. Um, so you, you could, in that case, have something that maybe plays for free if you've got the stuff that you would naturally have with that reactor core card, um, but might still be worth a regular play, yes. even if you're not doing that. Parentheses are your friend. Yes. Well-used parentheses are your friend. Yes. Two parentheses, not so much. Your Odo, parentheses, Cardassian, parentheses, alternate universe if possible, parentheses, parentheses. <laughs> Too many parentheses. And that, that's kind of a problem that contestants got into with the other challenge where they had seven lines of game text. The storyline challenge. You know, so, some of these cards, you know, you figured out what they were, but you had to read it. Yeah, and, and sometimes you read it six times and still weren't sure what it was supposed to do. Or whether it did what it was supposed to do. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that's something that might be a little more useful uh, with um, having other play people on the team. You know, do, does this make sense? Have I been blabbering for the past 20 minutes? Can, yeah, can that, we fit this? Does this do what I think it does? That, that is a very important question to ask. Does this do what I think it does? Because when you've designed a card and you've gone through three or four different versions of that card, by the end... You know what that card's supposed to do. Now, whether it actually says what you think it says, it's a whole other story. Right. So, always good to get a second set of eyes on things. Second or, or third or fourth. <laughs> so I'm, I'm not entirely clear on how the teams are set up right now, actually. Well, neither am I. I think that'll be clear once the judging is completely done. Because Char Charlie is, I believe, trying to maintain anonymity for this challenge as he has for the other challenges. So we, we don't know if it's, well, it'll probably be three teams of three. That makes sense. But I, I don't know that it even says how many teams there will be. So I think you're right. Three teams of three makes sense. But... Because there, there. Well, there's, there's currently three person design teams as it is, but um, I figure we'll have a better idea on Saturday when Charlie posts the entries. Question mark. Hopefully, I, they're due on Friday, and I don't see a reason not to go ahead and put them up. Right. But, um, but if he gets them on Friday nights, 
What are they actually do? I think it's eleven thirty Friday night again. Yeah, eleven eleven fifty nine Friday, January thirty first. So they they may not be up till Monday because he won't get them until he gets up Saturday. Right. Charlie is awesome, but I don't expect him to burn the midnight oil just so that I can have a few extra hours to see these cards before I go to sleep. But he is Midnight Lich. Right. Right? <laughs> this means he can stay up all hours of the night doing our bidding. Char Charlie is amazing. There are several periods where I wonder if he gets any sleep at all. I know Gen Con is not one of those periods at all. No sleep. No sleep. Yeah, especially not during Gen Con. Yeah. All right. Um, I do believe that pretty much covers all aspects of the challenge. Um, I, I do want to give a quick shout-out uh, to a buddy of mine, Alan Stubbs, who was kind enough to give us a thumbs-up on YouTube. You're awesome. And people, if you want us to think you're awesome, give us a thumbs-up somewhere. All right, um, I'm the Ross Man Faithful Reader. Nathan Miracle Gooey Chewy. And we're signing off. Have a good day.